0: Even the coronavirus couldn't stop my coronation. by low, sell high, diamond hand, determination. I'm Spotty Wise 55528, five, and we all go. I dox myself, so if you need me, you know where to find me. I'm certified, don't need no websites to verify me. We about to take the revolution to the main stage. Go tell the labels, I don't think we on the same page. That's where the italic, put bold in italic on what you heard in my word salad. Spotty for royals for digital oil, boy, I got a metaverse palace. Don't ask me nothing, I keep talking public or comment on it. I'm too busy running it up with bumping none other than it. Gotta maintain, gotta make rain, gotta stake no debate. I'm on chain gang, gang. DeFi, F- so my green fly, like a beanstalk. You know FIFA, FOB, I'm bank, bank. Right. I touch the mill and quit my nine to five. I gotta butt, but rap side to whew. side, and I'm a time hot. a time hot. a time Check <laughs>
1: Yo, spotty, this with though, baby. I can't wait to show him how we get down with this one. It's all time verse. Let's go. Coming straight up out the dirt south, out that third coast sector. You bet on the triple OG, you hit the trifecta. Might see me around your girl and think that you need to protect her. But your bottom broad is busted. OGP, I'm a rejecter. Then with spot made men like John Gotti We flip so much crypto that we could buy a Maserati Oh no, man, not the car See, I'm talking about the dealer Cause to me, an NFT means nobody's fucking thriller. Since I came up in the game, I've been carving out my lane I ain't got nothing to lose, but I got everything to gain If I catch it at the right price, you know I'm finna cash out By the time you buy it, it's too high, and now you ass out You follow trends, man, but I'm a trending topic my aura's larger than life and your vibe is microscopic When me and Spidey hook up, ain't no way that you can top it You can hate, but you can't stop it Cause you know we been a drop it like it All the time got <laughs> it, all the time got
0: it, all the time got it All the time got it, all the time got it, all the time got it All the time got it, all the time got it Unbelievable, unfucking believable. Mm-hmm. The Trill OG One B, Spotty Wi Fi, historic shit. First of its kind. Nobody ever did it like this. All the time. All the time. Nobody ever did it
2: like this. Hello, 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 hello. hello, Welcome to another episode of the Layback Back Ass Podcast. It's your man, Figure the Kid. Jeff Sky. G.S. The Dream.
3: Jeremy Shepard.
2: J Dub in the background as usual, and we got our special guest Heebie Jeebie, Heebie Jeebie, and introduce yourself.
4: I'm Spotty. What can I say? Spotty, spotty Wi-Fi. I'm Spotty. We got yes, Spotty sir. Wi-Fi
2: in the building. The one and only Crypto Punk raptor, rapper.
3: Yes, rapper. sir. Yeah, Crypto Punk dinosaur. Oh, you will be a Crypto <laughs> Punk dinosaur. <laughs>
2: Like he played for the Crypto Punk Raptors? No, man.
3: Yeah. <laughs> he don't play for the Crypto Punk Raptors. He played for the. So Crypto he don't
2: Punk know Kyle Lowry. You don't know Kyle Lowry. <laughs> <He>
3: don't <laughs> the Crypto Punk Raptors. <laughs> I just realized what he was saying. Kyle Lowry don't even play for them no more. He don't. He played for the Heat now. Mm. What? Yeah. yeah, they got rid of him after he got, got
2: him the ring. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. He ain't
3: the man. He ain't be doing too much of nothing. Scoring zero points.
5: You know.
2: They not getting nowhere. <laughs>
3: you
2: know. Well, that. Let's start this episode, man. What episode is this? Episode 78? Yep. Episode 78. Let's get into some, let's go right, right into it, man. Super laid back, not very laid back. Let's tell the people something y'all saw this week that was super laid back and something y'all saw this week that was not very laid back.
3: Jeffrey, you go first. Yeah, I gotta go first. Yeah. Uh, super laid back was uh, the show. The Make show. Social. Got super high. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, got super high. I was also not very laid back. No, you know how hard it is to remember your lyrics when you're super high. I do, you do. I do. I'm sure you do. You was there too.
2: <laughs> I was there too. Yeah. I was super high. It was, it was a thing. Yeah, I had a really good show, but I did gonna save that for my super laid back. I thought everything
3: was better with a bump. It is. It is. It's 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 way better to re- forget your lyrics high <laughs> than to forget your lyrics sober. Facts. Mm. You care less. You know. Okay.
2: You care a lot less. I think you look a lot cooler doing it too. Like if you forget your shit sober, niggas gonna be like, you, you don't got no, you don't got no excuse. You are if high. If you high as hell, they like, I'm high too, bro. I understand. Yeah, right. it was high as fuck, so they understood for sure. I felt it. So not very laid back? Yeah,
3: that was both. That was both? <laughs> that was both. <laughs> yeah, you it was know
2: both. Yeah. My bad. G.S. the string? Uh, very laid back. I went to a Toby Wigway um, concert. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Took my lady out there for her birthday or whatever. That was a really crazy... Um, Very hype show you got some there, It's really man. dope yeah, Um, Talking a lot about crowd <laughs> control You know what I'm saying Um, Not very laid back I lost my phone today But a good Samaritan You know what I'm saying Gave me my phone back My girl called it And she was like Yo, you can give it to me He like, nah I don't even know What buddy got in here So I want to get the phone Back to him You know what I'm saying So it was cool That, you know what I'm saying He was... He was so bent on giving me my phone back to me, like, to you know, make sure he got it to me personally. I think that was cool, but then I had to go home and deal with the cheating allegations he done put in her head. Yeah, he so to that go was, home and show That her was not very laid back at all. I appreciate you giving my phone back, but you are a detriment to my household at the moment. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you buddy out. that gave me my iPhone back, I appreciate you and I hate you in the same breath. I understand that. Appreciate it. Crazy Close to the, the mic,
3: sir. Not so very laid back. My bad. Um, I didn't. I didn't really have one this week. You chilling all week. Yeah, my um, oh, I do. My knee swelled up so bad was that Friday. Your knee? Yeah. From what? What you doing? What I you didn't doing? do nothing. Whoa. That's the problem. Eating that pork. Being an animal. I'm
2: an Indiana. animal. you been doing? Indiana. We some Indiana. Swelled your
3: knees up a little bit. Man, it was. It was like. I don't know, man. It was so bad I couldn't walk. Okay. Okay. Uh so I am well, I've already been looking into getting uh, my knee reconstructed, full knee reconstruction. Ooh. Get a new knee. Yeah, I don't got no Take the Donor list. MCL, no meniscus. They was like, yeah. It doesn't even have a leg.
5: Yeah, <laughs> i do not sure. Surprised look. you <laughs> walked in here. It's a blessing.
3: Um and then I talked to somebody actually famous today, and they playing football right now. Who is
2: that? Okay. Spotty
3: Wi-Fi. He ain't playing football. No.
2: <laughs> you don't know what he playing? He could have Madden on in the background. <laughs> he, he probably a dog he probably, on the
3: field. He probably, he, probably is. Is playing, he probably is. I can imagine. You playing Madden? Oh, we could get some Madden going for sure. <laughs> See? Yeah, he, yeah. he don't play Madden. Don't let him talk like he can. <laughs> I
2: don't play. I don't play. I play. Uh, I got an Oculus. VR headset, that's the only games I play now porn. It's porn v- no, I don't watch porn on my Oculus VR headset Guys, I don't do that You watch it through the headset Because, you know, you get into I watch it on my world. computer like regular people uh, Anyways,
5: John, what about you, man? Uh, not so laid back uh, Walked into diner on Sunday And the first thing that happens is a massive crash in the back Mm. No one really thinks much of it We go and sit down And a uh, waitress comes out I'll have a coffee and water please mm. Comes back with a styrofoam cup in her hand <laughs> The dishwasher just broke every mug we have Here every- you go wow. <laughs> oh, Whole rack So uh That happens Laid back ass thing um, I finally got off my ass And fixed my car that I've been putting off for months And that shit started right up without a problem So I'll take that. Wasn't even that much work, huh? Bro, I sw- swapped out the battery and that was Look, done. New car, mm-hmm. whole electronics, everything fixed. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And Not asking any questions. Okay. Okay. What about you, Spotty?
4: Man, the most laid back thing I saw this week was my landlord's reaction when I told him the to shelf in the closet broke off and fell all on the floor and this man this man took his sweet time bro he wanted he had somebody come out do an estimate he thought he could get a better price he wanted to get a second estimate and that was like 10 days ago so uh i was unimpressed and the least laid back thing i saw was how i reacted when i heard he wanted to get a second estimate i told him do you know how much i'm paying for rent so i can have no closet right now mm-hmm. the, you, I will go. I told him, bro, you know I could go to Home Depot right now and hang a shelf. I'm not asking for a new kitchen, bro. I need somebody to hang a shelf. You that's know what, what I mean. about to say. got to get an come estimate on, for man. a shelf. That's an estimate for a shelf. It's not kind of cheap. Yeah. I need a shelf. Bro, I'm living in boxes here, bro. Like, come on, man. But he got it fixed today. We got it fixed. So okay, it worked out. Good, at least.
5: Okay. Can um, I ask what city you're in? I just moved to Miami. Just moved hey. to Miami. So you do know and Kyle, Kyle
4: Let me say say this. The shelf was obviously in disrepair. I told him when we did the walkthrough, I was like, is this shelf actually, I told him, do you actually hang clothes on this shelf? He said, yes, yes, the shelf is fine. Don't worry about the shelf. My wife has a lot of clothes. I said, does your (laughs) wife really have a lot of clothes? Because my girl has a lot of clothes. You know what I mean? And uh, he was insistent. He knew that the shelf was going to hold up. Sure enough.
2: He put one hanger on there and the whole thing fell apart. He found out his wife was a nudist. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: couldn't even, I couldn't even get my Raptors jerseys on there. Don't got- <laughs> you don't get the Raptors jersey. He couldn't even put his jersey on. put the Kyle Lowry jersey on the Raptors Little did you know, he don't even got a wife. Mm. Oh, oh, the <laughs>
2: landlord? The landlord doesn't right. have
5: a wife. He just made somebody else. He up. is lying. So, Spotty, now what percentage of your clothes are cheetah prints? You know, it's a significant percentage, very very high percentage of my clothes achievement. More than
4: the average uh, guy, I would say, like a lot higher than the average dude. Okay, 30%. Uh, you
2: know. So here's the big question. How much how much of your um what is it? The outfit, what it mean, the outfit, but um the wardrobe? Wardrobe. The wardrobe was cheetah print before. Spotty. It's 0%. <laughs> zero. I think that was a safe answer.
5: That was a safe
2: bet. I was going to say zero, but Did I thought he might have he like, just had like a lion cloth and oh, like something for Halloween like some or like pen, some underwear boxers. or some shit. Yeah, you know what I'm <laughs> it's it's special i
0: That could have been like it's some Valentine's it's Day.
2: You will never know what chicks be into. You know what I'm saying? Would you rather wear she the red ones with the heart on them or would you, you rather wear, wear this the cheetah print ones? I might get the heart, though.
3: No, <laughs> hey, I'm kind of, kind of hey, going
2: to you know? nah, rock with the cheetah print though I got to rock with the cheetah print Because you never know If we go to the jungle I might want to blend in with something
3: <laughs> Why are you in the jungle in just your underwear? I want to blend in <laughs> yeah, we had a crazy night You wake up, you're in the jungle What jungle would you be in Where you need cheetah print? <laughs> the cheetah
5: jungle None in Michigan The cheetah. Jungle. I was about to say You
2: got drugged and flew to another <laughs> country, my boy <laughs> You got walk, other things to worry <laughs> about woke up
5: in the jungle book yeah, kind of the wrong continent looking for cheetahs in South right. America, but yeah, you good. definitely <laughs> you, you definitely got sent something. to
2: another country. I feel like you need to worry about more things than blending in. I'm an animal in the sheets.
3: What? That's why Nobody I, care about. You me. know, if
2: you put it that way, <laughs> I guess you got to wear your team colors. You know what I'm you saying? I'm an animal. Let me go and just hand. go ahead throw this sheet on. I see what I, going what, what a bull look like wearing red. <laughs> can you dig it? A right. blood, all right. We got a game. Let's get let's YG. Get all right, uh, super laid back for myself is the show. Yep. You know what I'm saying I had a nice thirty minute set. Shout out to Jeffrey. I appreciate you for that, bro. You know what I'm saying? And you paid me. I did. Ain't that crazy? It's crazy, bro. <laughs> Nigga got paid. I paid to perform.
3: Man, what a Jeff is for the people. What a day! Mike, you can call me the people's rapper. The people's rapper. <laughs> the king of you might. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: you
3: leave that. Don't do that one. I'm not. not <laughs> Let me chill. I don't want nobody after me. Let Relax. me chill. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Uh I don't have a not very laid back. I had a pretty good week, man. I've just been working. Um, let's get right into this interview. Yeah, let's do that. Spotty. How yes, did sir. how did you start rapping initially from the very beginning? Let's start from the beginning.
4: From the very beginning, I think my earliest experiences rapping were really just freestyling on the bus on the way to basketball games and football games in high school. Um we used to have we used to have this imaginary belt, like a wrestling inspired competition where it was like whoever could roast who who like everybody would roast everybody on these on these trips and whoever was just like dominating would have the belt, you know, at the end of the trip. Okay. And so occasionally that would turn into, you know, people would infuse some freestyling some rhyming into their jokes you know so you so did wild like, out
2: before nick basically what's that so you did wild out before nick like the wild style yeah yeah
4: exactly exactly okay. um nick and to run that man his money oh man yeah i mean i had a good run I, I i had the belt you know i i was definitely uh i i had i have to assume i had the belt as much as anybody on on any of those teams but um, yeah, then I really didn't start writing rhymes until after high school. You know, keeping a notebook and things like that. Old school, back when back when you would actually have a notebook. Yeah. So when, when did you when did you say you started taking it serious? I started taking it seriously, and um, I would say I started taking it seriously in about two thousand. Um, 2006. 2006, I started a group called The Bridge. The Bridge was me and my my best friend from childhood, who went by the who goes by the name of Hollywood. So he was a rapper. He he'd been rapping since since I knew him. And my friend, who is still my producer to this day, has produced every Spotty song. Mm-hmm. Stephen Clark. He was the producer DJ. And so I put I put the three of us together. We we formed a group called The Bridge. And we, we put together an album called The Chosen Few. Mm-hmm. And it did well. You know, we got some some light little blogger acclaim. We opened for artists like Snoop, Nas, T.I., T-Pain, um, others that I probably, Talib Kweli. And uh, that was like the beginning of me taking it seriously. Okay. Okay. That's,
3: That's funny.
5: T-Pain so, uh, and Jeff
3: like best friends.
5: Relax. Anyways, go. When you did the, the Art Chick reveal thing, uh, I guess that Talib Quali was the the co-star on it. So layers who actually performed with them.
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we were trying to get people guessing, because we had a feeling nobody would guess that our Chick was the collab. But uh,
5: so is Art chick Taylor. Is Taylor Art chick
4: No, nah, man, absolutely not. Artich is. Uh, I, I have not been catfished. I can assure all the fans. Uh, you know, I, I'm. I'm I'm very discerning when it comes to that sort of thing, and I and I have it on good uh, on good authority that uh, that Archick is indeed Archick.
5: Okay. Um, no one else knows what the hell that was. Yeah, going. that was. No, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> so, yeah, I was definitely over <laughs> here like, yeah. Let me just shut just,
2: up because they ain't inside. got. N- um, <laughs> ain't nothing I'm familiar with. I want to let all the people know who we talking to here, man. We talking to Spotty Wi-Fi. He. Dropped a, a album this year, an album EP. What is it? It's an album. Yep. He dropped an album this year, and he made what one hundred ninety thousand dollars in sixty seconds off, off NFTs. Something like that. Yep. Some something something to the tune of that. You can't never really say the right like the actual yeah, number because yeah. the IRS listen to right. everything. So. He made he made. A billion dollars in 60 60- seconds. <laughs> hey, yo,
3: get out that oh, man' <laughs> pocket like
2: that. Hey. He made a billion dollars in 60 seconds off NFTs, everybody. And we brought him in because we want to teach y'all and ourselves. All the- I know y'all see the internet talking about NFTs every fucking day, and nobody knows what the fuck they talking about. Y'all all confused. We all confused. Only people who know is Spotty and John. We just all here like, what the fuck going on? So we brought Spotty and John on the podcast to introduce us to the wonderful world of NFTs and all the uh, money and value
4: in it. Hell yeah, man. I'm excited. I-, I love talking about these things, especially you know when it's an opportunity to, to get new people, uh, aware of of what's going on. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy you guys invited me on. Thank
3: you. So I got, I got one more question before we kind of let John take over. So I saw that you had, um, like I said, you had got burnt out from music. Um, I just wanted to know like what caused that and then what, what inspired you to start back up and come up with dropping something, you know what I mean? The the way you
4: did it. Yeah, that's a great question, man. Um, you know, a lot of things contributed to my burnout. I- I'll try not to like ramble on for too long, but when I started that group, The Bridge, that was like the purest form of doing music for fun with your best friends, you know. Mm-hmm. And we were just making party music, like it was. Na- it was like ninety percent party records because that was just what we were about. We were young in our in our early twenties, and um, and just having fun with it and that group you know we we had some small levels of success and we ended up the group ended up disbanding you know and like i didn't talk to my best friend hollywood for a while and that was like that was really unfortunate you know so that was like one thing Mm -hmm. i ended up joining another i ended up joining a band where i was like rapping with a band with like drums bass guitar that was fun but i had um we had a manager that suffice it to say a couple years into the, into the run. And we, we were, we had some success too. I signed, I, we, we were uh, doing well. Got a, I got a publishing deal that I thought was going to be a good deal. I signed this publishing deal. I thought this is what's going to lead to a record deal. The record deal never came. The publishing deal wasn't a deal I should have signed in the first place. And then come to find out, I started seeing some checks that I wasn't supposed to see that my manager didn't think I would ever see. Mm. And I started to realize that all of the money was not all of the money that should have been going to the band, in my opinion was not going to the band based on the agreement that we had with the manager. So they did you like so, NWA? I mean, a lot of art, look artists throughout history have gotten rooked by middlemen, you right. know, and this is something I'm sure we'll talk about over the next hour, but, you know, the, the, the traditional music industry is infested with middlemen that have their hands out. You got artist managers, business managers, booking agents, music publishers, record labels, and none of them can write a song. They just know how to reach into the artist's pockets whenever the artist starts to get a little bit of success and make sure that the artist gets the last and the smallest piece of the pie. And I was I was part of that. I was a victim of that. You know, so eventually I went solo. I, I did. I had a little run as like a SoundCloud rapper. Uh, put out an album in the end of 2012 called Music for the End of the World. Same story, had a little bit of a client you know had a little bit of love in the blog world, um, had some good shows and things like that, but it was it's very hard to monetize. It's very hard to eat as a soundcloud rapper by by monetizing your music. All of that kind of contributed. That was over a course of like from from, from the bridge. To that that solo album, we're talking about six or seven years. And after I put out that album, it was like, okay, well, I'm no longer in my early 20s. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, I still am having a a hard time paying my bills. And um, and I said a lot that I wanted to say on this solo album. It was my first time doing a solo album. And it was like you know what i don't even have really right now the inspiration to like think about what's next or what i want to write next or what i want to do i just want to pay my bills you know and so ended up getting a, a day job and got good at it got good at my day job and then a few years went by and and um and i just kind of it, it was just kind of in the rear view now to answer like how i got inspired or why I, why i rebooted this music thing it was really just being inspired by this world of NFTs, which I know we're going to get into. But um, NFTs showed me uh, a new spark of like creativity or inspiration. Where these NFTs are all, uh, a lot of them are all about like the digital world and how you know we're gonna have we're gonna be associating with each other. We're gonna be hanging out just like we are right now, digitally. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. like and it's almost like we're in the same room together, even though we're not. And then you start thinking about avatars and how you could you could make yourself be anything you wanna be. And all of a sudden it was just like, man, somebody should be doing something with this musically. You know, I was kind of inspired by the gorillas and, and other acts like that, that were like anonymous or pseudonymous. And so I said, you know what? I bought this thing called a CryptoPunk. And uh, a CryptoPunk is like a very um, historical NFT, one of the first NFT collections. And I saw people building a personal brand with their crypto punk as their avatar. And you don't even know their real name. You just know them by their crypto punk. Mm, And I thought, you know what, that's interesting. And I bet somebody could do something with that musically, because you'll just have a built in audience because there's already people that want to see the crypto punks become popular. Mm -hmm. You know, there's people that want to see NFTs become popular. So if I become that dude who takes it and says, I'm going to be I'm not just going to be me with an avatar, but I'm going to embody the avatar. I'm going to personify it. I'm going to rap and make music from the perspective of my crypto punk. Then that'll be something nobody's done before. And that was my inspiration to kind of just do something new.
2: Okay. before we get too deep into the NFT talk. Um, spotty Wi-Fi, is that like one person Or is it like the weekend where we think it's more than one person And it, we found out it's just one person I remember thinking Party Next Door was three people So is is Spotty Wi-Fi like just you, supporter? the artist Or is that like you and your, your team Or you and your producer Or you and,
3: like, are y'all like the Neptunes Or are you just Spotty Wi-Fi And where did the name come from?
4: Uh... Okay, so great questions. It is really me and my producer, Stefan, who I mentioned, you know, my my producer that I've worked with since 2006. So who's Um, spotty and who's (laughs) Wi-Fi? I'm the voice like we're both spotty Wi-Fi musically, but I'm the voice of spotty Wi-Fi, you know. Um, but he's the music of spotty Wi-Fi, basically, mm. you know, okay. Uh, but we are, we are a team, you know, for sure. Like there, there uh, there's no way, uh, I would, I would be talking to you guys right now. If I had not convinced him to, to join me in this, you know, and to, to help me on the production side. So, um, in terms of the, in terms of the name. So to me, this is kind of interesting. Like, When I got into NFTs, I'll give you a quick intro of how I got into NFTs. I saw people um, talking about NBA Top Shot on Twitter and it's basically digital basketball cards, okay? That's the oversimplified explanation of it. And I'm into sports, I'm into basketball. I was like, this is interesting, you know, digital basketball cards. Through that, I met a guy that had eight of these crypto punks. He bought eight of these crypto punks back in 2020. And I met him in like, February of this year. And he was like, you know, you should check out these crypto punks. Mark Cuban says they're priceless. They're the rookie card of NFTs. They're historical. They're going to be worth something. You know, they're already worth something. They're going to continue to, to appreciate. So he took me to the website. He showed me like how to search by different traits that they have, how rare they are, blah, blah, blah. And I, I noticed that the spots on, on the face of my crypto punk, that's what makes it rare. There's 10,000 CryptoPunks, only 124 have spots. Okay. But for some reason, people were sleeping on the spots. Like, people would pay more for different CryptoPunks that weren't even as rare, but they didn't want the spots because they think the spots
2: Wait. are ugly. So they, they thought they look better aesthetically, that it was, like, valued higher? So you're saying it's 123 other fake Spotties out there? <laughs>
4: No, nah, I mean we're all spotty. The thing of, here, th- this is because I great saw a question.
2: Dalmatian connection. We are all spotty, oh, yeah. but you spotty Wi-Fi.
4: Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. No, but it, but it's a great question. There are no fake spotties. You know, um, we. I believe. You know, I like to say we're all spotty, and the reason is because we all have something about us that the world looks at and says, "Oh, that's not that's not ideal." you know or that's that's i'm going to downgrade you because of this reason or that feature or that that trait right but at the end of the day we have to embrace it because that's what makes us us and that's how i felt about my crypto punk it's like i was just looking at it as this is underpriced this is a deal i can get this right now and it's undervalued and so when i was thinking about the name i knew that the spots had to be like central to the identity of this character so I just thought about it, thought about it, and then one day it just hit me, spotty Wi-Fi.
2: Okay. All right, I got to ask this question because I know the people who tuned into the podcast is wondering, I know we're going to get to the deep questions and the, the big questions on it in a second, but what is an NFT?
4: Okay. Uh, NFT, the way I like to think of it, it's a digital certificate of authenticity, Okay. So if you think about digital basketball cards, right? Like anybody can take a screenshot or a screen recording of a digital basketball card or of a digital highlight, right? Mm -hmm. Like anybody could copy and save that picture or that, that video. Right. But the, but if it's an NFT, it's a certificate of authenticity. So, you know, if if it came directly from the source, if it came directly from the NBA, if it's officially licensed and you know if it's a counterfeit. So you know it, if it's just somebody plagiarizing
2: it. So it's like having the Mona Lisa versus having a print or a screenshot of the Mona Lisa. I hate
5: exactly. the Mona Lisa analogy. Exactly. You exactly. hate it. It's just because it just makes it so intangible, right? Okay. Like, who's actually going to own the Mona Lisa? Who's really I mean, buying a print of it putting it on their wall? Somebody does. The Louvre. It's a whole association, corporation, everything. But... Like the way, the simple way I say is anything that you can own on paper, you could own as an NFT, right? right? The picture that you see is just the cover letter Mm -hmm. to the contract.
2: I guess the reason I compare it to the Mona Lisa is because as an artist, I like, I look at the value in it as art. And that's what make the art valuable because it's the one of one, it's the original Right. The rarity of it. The But rarity that starts of to
5: it. narrow the scope of it, right? That's looking at only an art application. Right. When right, we talk right. about authenticity and ownership and being able to prove that on a spot or across the internet, that's where, like, the doors really start to open up for what you can do with this sort of thing. So you
2: think we can get to a point where people would NFT the deed to their house?
5: Oh, yeah. That, that'll that be in the future. There's already, in Korea, they're already working on real estate trades on NFTs. Mm. But the real mind-blowing one I heard recently is that you are an NFT, Mm. like the Netflix show, or like no, 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 no. like you as a human are an NFT. That sounds like. But the thing you see on birth certificates, yeah, right. Like so, Mm -hmm. the the thing you see of Spotty is the picture, right? Right. That's your driver's license. Mm -hmm. Someone else could take and photocopy that and show it to somebody. It's not them. It's not you. Mm I mean, you're. It's still oh, okay. you yourself you are the original. You so are the birth mm-hmm. where you've been continuous. There is a point at which you started at, at Genesis. In NFTs, we call that minting. The hate. day the NFT is born is the mint. I would hate the day sell, you were born it, is the yeah. day you were minted. That's yeah, I would hate to sell the yeah. rights to myself to somebody. <laughs> right. So I yeah. mean, if there were no rules and regulations, you could, and that's actually back to like decentralization and the you know the perils of it. Think about it. when there was decentralized, no laws. We had a lot of bad things going on. Mm-hmm. People signing contracts for the rest of their life that so they didn't understand. I mean, we
4: we can get hypothetical and very abstract, but to me, oh, yeah. your Mona Lisa example is right on. It's like there is there is a difference between like actually owning the original and owning a copy. You know, mm-hmm. and to me, this is why I'm excited about music NFTs because people. Everybody is, not everybody, but a lot of people are familiar with Kanye ranting about his masters. We know Prince bought back his masters. We know Michael Jackson bought the Beatles masters. Scooter Mm -hmm. Braun bought Taylor Swift's masters. People are familiar with the concept of master recordings, right? Mm -hmm. People are also aware that it is very hard to sell an MP3 ever since Napster came along, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it's very hard to sell your music. Mm -hmm. And and then streaming only made it more difficult streaming made it more difficult right so with music it's like to me that's that's the 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 example of the mona lisa is like your master recording and then somebody taking a photo of it or a selfie in front of it that's the mp3 you know people can do it there's nothing there's nothing wrong with it and i actually give my mp3s away i want people to listen to my music i want them to stream it i want them to download it but my master's and the ability to license it and to monetize my music, that is something that I reserve for my NFT collectors, where if you own an NFT song from me, you actually get a copyright license to it. So you could put it in your podcast and your content, your video game, etc.
2: And not only that, they get uh, a, what is that, a special cover or a, a, they get they get that cover as some of them are one-on-ones and some of them are different variations. And I feel like when we move to a world that's more vir- virtual, which is, um, it's gonna happen. Like it's there's no really, there's really no way around it. We're gonna move to a more virtual world. Then when when people want to decorate those rooms, they'll have that art available, right?
4: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, yeah. W- what I did with my album, you know, when you ask how did I make one hundred ninety two thousand dollars in sixty seconds. One of the things I did was I did an album drop in a way that no human has ever done in the history of the universe.
2: Off the you Empire know, State I, Building,
4: mm. I, I took I took seven songs. All right, it's set seven songs on the album. Mm. And when you minted the NFT, you might get one of those seven songs as the NFT, mm. or you might get a really rare remix that is not even part of the album. They'll only exist as an NFT um now, and, and each one had different artwork like you said so you create collectibles out of the music you create something that's like gamified and i think about it as like when you're a kid everybody loves that feeling of putting a quarter in the gumball machine right and you don't know what your what flavor you're gonna get you know and um, i mean as adults a lot of people play the slots it's not super dissimilar um although my, you know my lawyer probably wouldn't like making that comparison but <laughs> That was sort of what I did was like gamified the music purchasing experience. And you get to do more than listen to the music, which is what an MP3 gives you. You actually get to have some copyright license and the ability to make money off of the music.
2: Right. You basically made a a always win raffle because even
4: if they get a regular song, right, they can still license it. Right. Even if they get a a very common version of the song, they can still license it and they get a vinyl record. That's the other thing, Mm. you know? So,
2: yeah. They get actually something
4: physical that they can touch
2: and have in the real world.
4: Right. And it's funny because, like, I spent months uh, talking to people about it, pitching it, and I was always describing it as, like, I'm selling an NFT and it comes with a vinyl record. Mm -hmm. But... When Complex wrote about it, they said, because they're not really from the NFT world, they were looking at it from a more general market perspective. They said, Spotty sold a vinyl record that comes with the NFT. Mm. You know, and when I read that, it was like, oh, this is so obvious. Why wasn't I saying that all along? Like, that's so much easier to understand.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Gary V did, right? The books. I'm right.
3: let you ask, ask a few questions. John, I'll turn over you for a hot second.
5: You, anything you want to ask? Because I got. Go for it, man. I mean, he answered most things I wanted to ask. Okay.
2: You speak about middlemen in the music industry, right? Do you think that the middlemen in music are irrelevant in the NFT world? Or do you think their roles will just uh, change and adapt?
4: great question um, they're definitely not irrelevant uh, they're they're gonna be relevant because they're gonna see the dollar signs and they already see the dollar signs and they're gonna start to try to bring over old-school web 2.0 tactics and business models to just continue to screw over artists in this web 3.0 world mm-hmm. because what they're thinking is hey spotty made 200 grand in a minute That means we can make even more money as middlemen Mm. than we usually make. And we can provide even less value and exert even less energy than we already do. You know, so they're looking at it as like we can become even more efficient leeches and more efficient middlemen. Their logic
2: is I can pump it to make it so you can make two million, but you still only get paid two hundred thousand. Or less. And we just absolutely
5: all of that. Yeah, and I'd say too is uh, you know what the Web three world is and the changes that are happening is just look at how we ended up here. It was you know Jeff to Spotty. There was no middleman. There wasn't an agent to go through. There wasn't this paywall you know walled garden situation where like just talking to the guy is protected. Right here yeah. we are. And I oh, do yeah.
3: appreciate you hitting me back so fast too. I didn't even. It was just a my pleasure, in the dark, man. To be
5: honest. Oh yeah, man. My pleasure. But well, you know,
3: I,
4: I think the real key is. If you if you want to if you want to make a, a lot of money in the old world of music, or even if you just want to make a, a living, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have allowed our culture has allowed artists to believe that they need millions of fans that they need a record label with a huge marketing budget that they need a huge tour you know they need the pyrotechnics they need to sell out arenas because that is how an artist earns a living right otherwise you're a struggling artist you're going to end up broke you know destitute on drugs on the street in jail whatever mm-hmm. but the problem is the problem is number 1 even the major artists a lot of them end up mm. down and out in the end right because they're they're getting they're getting signed to bad contracts but, but it's all a deception you only need millions of fans if your goal is to sell ads on spotify which is exactly what the record industry right now is designed to do the record industry is not designed to compensate musicians for the cultural influence and contributions that they deliver to society. Right. You know, musicians give us the soundtrack to our lives. They give us the anthems for our highest of highs. They give us the music that helps us cope when we're down and out, right? Helps yeah. us mourn, helps us get through hard times. And we as a society are totally comfortable with them being just cast aside, right? Mm, yeah. And and it's it's, again, it's because the industry is not designed to compensate them fairly for their genius is designed to sell ads on Spotify. But if you can break yourself away from that, from that mindset. And if you say, you know what, I don't want to sell ads on Spotify. I want to figure out a way to deliver value to my fans greater than the value of an MP3. An MP3 is hard to sell, but if I can figure out something more valuable to sell them, then I actually don't need millions of fans. I need hundreds of fans, right. and See, I that's can the, really-
2: That's the part where it just blew my mind, really, because it it just made me envision a world where artists are selling their favorites the 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 people's favorite songs to them, like fucking Jordan sneaker drops. Like it's valuable to regular people. The value goes up because. Me, a regular person, can own a one-of-one of, one of fucking Jay-Z song if I enter whatever raffle or fucking, like you like you say, gumball machine. It it changes the
3: whole... It brings the value back to the art. It brings the value back to the art. And even besides the money, it also... Like, it evens the playing field. It brings back creativity because you got to... Like, like you, for instance, you came up with a whole character and you made an album about that character. You came up with different ways to drop and release things that people will want to, you know what I mean? It just brings back the creativity side of music. I mean, it puts was, music
2: on the same level as a painting. It puts music on the same level as a Picasso or a, a fucking, um, the dude that Basquiat. they fuck with. Basquiat. You knew it before I said it. It put it on the same level of that, which is deserved it deserved to be there for hundreds of years and technology finally caught up to it. That's the part that really blows my mind.
4: You know what the irony is? Like, nobody would question the value of a Picasso, right? And and nobody would question that the Picasso hanging on the wall is worth more than somebody's selfie in front of it, right? Mm-hmm. But with music, it's different. Like, because... We've we've devalued music so much ever since Napster and, and Spotify. I gotta and go perform right? the song in front of a million people to get three hundred fifty dollars a ticket. Like. Exactly, <laughs> but, but the crazy thing is, music music to me is so much more valuable because you can listen to music while you're driving, while you're walking, while you're dancing, while you're while you're sleep while you're sleeping, while you're doing anything. A Picasso, you have to like. You have to be in a physical play. You know what I mean? It's just right. like music should be on that level, if not even higher, in my opinion. So I I agree with what you you're saying. You can take the feeling of music anywhere. You can play
2: it anywhere. Do you feel like with people being able to release stuff as NFTs and kind of go directly to their fan base, that artists will be in a space where they can make more of the music that they enjoy versus the music that they think will sell if they got a label pushing it?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. And does this I mean, eliminate I've, the radio? What's that? He said, "Does it eliminate radio? Radio's already radio radio's been already dying, dying for a, a very long time." Yeah, but does
2: it kill it? Like, does it send it out? I
4: I see it sort of as two separate questions, you know. To me, like, number one, yes, I do think it frees up the artist to make whatever kind of music they want because you're you can find your niche. You can find it's 2021 and it's almost 2022. You can find people that are share your exact interests or want to hear your exact sound. And if it's only a few hundred people, that's fine. Right. You know, you don't need to have like data and, you know, uh, uh, what do Analytics you call it like Surveys and, algorithms. and you don't need algorithms to figure out what's going to get you the most number of fans, because that's no longer the goal, you know? Um, so I, I do think, and I've heard this from artists, you know, I've never been on a, a major record label, but I have heard this from artists, you know, in this year that like they're excited they just got off their their label deal and they're excited now through nfts to be able to make music that they want to make you know right um and in terms of radio i mean i think in some ways i think the the you know it's like the quote from is it mark twain i don't even know who's quoted but it's like you know the rumors of uh of the death of radio i think are kind of exaggerated a little bit mm-hmm. like i think radio will still be relevant i think um, digital streaming platforms, they may still be relevant for, for a while longer. And I, I think a lot of people assume I don't put my music out there, you know, that I don't, I don't put my music on Spotify because I talk so bad about Spotify, but I do, I do because I need my music to be accessible to everyone, you know? Um, and, and, you know, I would, I'm not, I don't, to my knowledge, I'm not getting much radio play, but I would love to. So, I don't know if this kills radio, but I think it might change the complexion of radio and the type of music that makes it onto the radio.
2: Right. Radios. But yeah, Yeah. there's always going to be truck drivers. We have a question from somebody (laughs) tuning in. Katie Yellow asks, just because a rapper releases an NFT doesn't mean it will sell. Or if it sells, they won't necessarily make six figures. What did you do different besides be the first to accomplish that? Or do you think you did anything different besides be the first to accomplish it?
4: Yeah. Uh, first of all, are we, uh, are pe- people watching live? Is that what's going on right now? Yeah. People yeah. Oh, what up? <laughs> all right. Um, so that's a great, great question and a very astute observation. Absolutely. Like my example is unique. Okay. I can tell you, I had some advantages that everybody won't have. And I did some things that probably won't work for everybody, but, um, I do think there are some things that people can take in and, and apply to their to their music. OK, but let me start by by drawing the contrast of like what I did that is different. Mm-hmm. Number one, when I bought this Crypto Punk, I had an instant community supporting me. Right. Mm-hmm. Because there's all these Crypto Punk owners that want to see somebody doing something fun and creative with their Crypto Punk. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody won't be able to afford a crypto pump. When I bought it in February, it cost me forty thousand dollars. Now I don't even think you can get one cheaper than like three hundred grand or something
5: like Were that. Were you thinking in dollars or dang at the time?
4: No, I think in Ethereum. I, it was twenty-seven Ethereum, but it was it was like it exactly forty thousand dollars at that time. It was on That's February twenty-third. So I'm just using dollars because I figure a lot of people might be thinking of dollars. But. Oh
5: yeah, no, I'm just throwing the other the the crypto native questions over here. <laughs> yeah, yep. so it's not. It's um, not
4: continue but so so everybody might not be able to do that right but that gave me a big advantage and crypto punks are like the um i don't know what to call them john but they're they're like the they're like the og the gold um, standard nfts the gold standard did you say that yeah. like it, it's kind of like it is like the gold standard of nfts where if you're going to be a character and you're going to be a crypto punk rapper like it's kind of unfuckwittable like you can't be you can't be like there's no father to the CryptoPunks. Now you got the Bored Apes, which are like 1A, 1B. The Bored Apes are right there. now. I wanted, I wanted to ask you a
2: question about that before you continue while, we, while you said yeah. it. Do you think artists have to embody a new brand when they make NFTs? Or can they embody themselves and still be welcome and find success in the NFT community? Or is anonymity the key or the point of it all?
4: No, I don't think you have to. I don't think it's the key, but I do think it got me like off to the races very quickly, okay. you know, but because a crypto punk is probably way more interesting than like a, being the first crypto punk rapper, I think was way more interesting than me kind of rapping about my life in my mid thirties. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was just like, it unleashed a lot of creativity where I could, I could just, step into this world of make-believe right and just create from off the top of whatever I whatever I wanted to come up with you know and I was able to like take on this larger than life persona like if you follow me on Twitter my voice on Twitter is very like um I mean I I tweet exclusively in all caps you know I talk a lot of shit it's like very different Twitter too What's that? Let them know your Twitter so they can follow you. Oh, yeah. It's just it's just at Spotty Wi-Fi, S-P-O-T-T-I-E Wi-Fi. And so when I'm I'm talking on Twitter, my voice is like it's Spotty's voice, you know, and when I'm rapping, it's Spotty's voice. Um, So I don't think it's for everyone, but it gave me a huge advantage, mostly because. I think it was more interesting and it gave me a built-in audience, a built-in community, you know? So I don't think that'll work for everyone, but the, but the concept, the strategy of like work on your community, find people that will support you Mm -hmm. by, by, by supporting what they already love. I think that will work for anyone. You know, I wrote a song called Christie's, the punk's anthem. I wrote that song and dropped it. The week that Christie's had their first CryptoPunk auction in May, mm-hmm. the CryptoPunk community, they latched on to it. They were they were helping me promote it. I wrote a song called Elite Ape to celebrate basically when I bought my first uh, Bored Ape, mm-hmm. the, the Bored Ape community. They latched on to it. They supported it. So basically and- this
2: this is not something it's not like making NFT music or making an NFT album is not a sure thing for success. You still have to be creative. You still have to find your way
4: to success in it. Absolutely. And I I took this approach. I said, you know what? I'm not going to try to convince people to study NFTs. I'm not going to try to pull people from the Web2 world into NFTs. I just said, I'm going to make music for the people that are already here. Like, I'm right. going to make music that celebrate this subculture of nft people and um, i spent basically six months doing that from the time i bought my crypto punk to the time i dropped my album and that's why when i did drop my album i had people supporting me because they had seen me making music that kind of celebrated what they love so i don't think that's for everyone but i think people anybody can take lessons from that and it's like how can you find your tribe how can you find that niche audience that you can relate to better than anybody. You know, you don't need to appeal to millions of people. You need to find your tribe Mm -hmm. and then you need to innovate. Mm -hmm. You know, like I could have just put out an album. I could have just uploaded a normal album, right. And dropped it like normal, but Mm -hmm. I didn't, I made, I made 27 remixes of my first song. I'm spotty. Mm -hmm. I had 27 versions of artwork for that. I'm delivering a vinyl record, which I can tell you is a pain in the ass. You know what I mean? Like I could have just been like, oh, I'm the crypto punk rapper Buy my album. But I didn't rest on that. I I made sure I was innovating. And that's where I see a lot of artists get frustrated because it's like, oh, well, I uploaded my album from five years. I I minted my album from five years ago. Why isn't anybody buying it? Right. is there, any, is there any historical reason that a person would look at that and say, oh, that's going to be valuable 10 years from now? Yeah, and that's,
2: Maybe. Now, that was another thing I wanted to talk about. Um, making an NFT album is not as simple as, or making NFT music is not as simple as just recording a song and selling it as an NFT. You had to... Package. You had to package it. And you, not even that, you had to understand it on a level to where you, you knew that the only way to, to have real success is to create that rarity, is to create different versions, is to put in that legwork to, to create that conclusion. And it paid off. So I guess my question is, what, what made it dawn on you that you needed to create the same song 27 times?
4: So I was inspired by projects that I liked that were not even music projects, you know? So like for the, for the rarity traits, having 27 different versions, some more rare than others, that was inspired by shopping for my crypto punk, you know, cause I was shopping and I was seeing like, okay, this one has spots. This one has a baseball cap. Mm. This one has a cigar. This one has red hair, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And I know I could tell, like, this is how people think about these things. They're thinking about them in terms of their traits. They'll call them that they'll call like, They'll call, they used to call these, they they would call any punk with spots, they would call it a spotted, you know, now they call it a spotty because I'm spotty, but you know, they would, they would call, if you have, if a, if a punk had green hair, they would call it clown hair. You know, they would name, they would, they would identify them by these traits. And so I was like, what would that look like for music? Well, you have to have, you have to have rarity traits based on the instrumental or something, you know, and then. I also give people a copyright license that was inspired by the Bored Apes. The Bored Apes give people a copyright license. That's why you see Timbaland signing a production deal with artists that want to personify their Bored Apes. You see Universal Music Group signing a band that's going to be for Apes. You see individual uh, owners of Bored Apes selling Board ape beer, board ape skateboard, board ape rolling papers, yeah. Arizona iced tea. Sell, you know, buying apes, selling ape comic books. So that copyright license was inspired by the board apes. The physical vinyl record was inspired by a project called the Punks comic, which is a comic book project where they give you a a physical comic book with your NFT. Mm-hmm. So I was really just drawing inspiration from a lot of different projects that were already successful.
3: Okay, uh, <clears throat> so. Like I see a lot of people trying to like jump in with like the already popular characters, like the cryptopunks or the apes. Do you think it's any value for artists to maybe create their own or mint their own NFT or character and create like a community around that? Is that possible now? is it Is it too late for Yeah like that?
4: absolutely. Um, there's a friend of mine named louis c rhymes hmm. l o u i e c rhymes. He actually just did that. He just released a project I want to say on Friday called hip hop heads, hip hop heads.io is the website. Mm-hmm. And he did that he created a profile picture project where you can mint his NFT, you get a different profile picture, and it comes with a, a different um, musical NFT as well. So I think that's dope. I think that's su- a super uh, innovative idea. And I also think like, if you're sitting at home, and you're like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know where to get started to create my own. And I can't afford a board ape, or I can't afford a CryptoPunk. Like there are other smaller projects on the come up that you could research and believe me, these projects would love if somebody made a theme song for them. You know, if somebody Mm. joined their community and used their talent to celebrate their community, um, that's really at the heart of what I did all year long. And um, I don't think that's I don't think that'll go away as a powerful strategy or a powerful tactic anytime soon.
2: Y'all hear that? He giving out gems to everybody who's trying to get involved in NFTs. This is the same way that they tell y'all, y'all need to hit up these people who make playlists, that y'all need to get with the people who make blogs, all of that. You need to research these communities, figure out which ones you want to be involved in or ones you would resonate best with and you know try to try to align yourself with them that's the that's uh, one of the, one of the creative ways to do it you can sit down and figure out your own creative way to do it that's not the only ticket to success in the nft world
5: yeah, and i'll say cuz i came in later than spotty in terms of nfts and everything and as far as getting involved in a community all you gotta do is hop on Twitter and start following a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, just follow, just go to Spotty, follow him, and everyone it suggests after that, just keep following, and you will stumble upon stuff that just clicks with you. And then you hop into, you know, you go down the rabbit hole, and that's the whole thing. You find that one thing you like, you follow into the Discord, you start talking to people there, see if it clicks with you. And like you said, there's a lot of communities out there that, have, you know, a musician or any artist really came in and found a way to be. Celebrating that while involved with it and you know, you know adopt that community, it, it can really take off in a, a strong way. There's a ton of artists, not musicians right now, but they're coming, doing derivative artwork. So the apes, the way that they handed out the IP to each individual owner, those guys and girls and everybody in between are out there paying others to make stuff using their apes. So you mentioned skateboards and all of that stuff, but there's also, you know, just canvas paintings on the wall, people painting murals and stuff. So there's a lot of other projects that are following that same suit. And if someone comes along with a little bit of creativity and the drive to get involved, you can go a long way with it. Speaking of that,
2: how far do you think or or do you think it's already there at a point where it's diluted with artists or musicians to the point where it's, it, it would be difficult for someone to break in or or, or or somebody still would you consider somebody still getting in on the ground floor?
4: I can speak more so for from the music perspective it, it is uh, it is way early like if you spend the time, if you just do like John said just get on Twitter, follow me, follow people you see me engaging with. Follow people that I follow and go on Twitter Spaces. Twitter Spaces is like the clubhouse. Yep. Twitter's mm-hmm. version of clubhouse. Um, there are Twitter Spaces every day. I guarantee you. I know for a fact. Every day there are Twitter Spaces that are dedicated to talking about music NFTs, and it's very early. I go in these and I see the same people every <laughs> every single day. Mm-hmm. So like. You'll go in there and if you just come up and say hi, ask a question, make a comment, you know, you're going to make friends very quickly. Mm -hmm. You're going to build your network very quickly. It is not diluted. I can tell you on one hand, probably on one hand, I could count for you uh, the number of rappers that I really know that, that are doing anything remotely resembling what we're talking about doing. Mm hmm. Maybe two hands, maybe two hands, but I'm
2: just saying it's not, it's that, many. Yeah, it's not seen, that many. Yeah, I seen I seen artists. I know uh, Tory Lanez had dropped an NFT album. I don't know if he went as in depth with his as you did. Um, and I seen uh, artists trying to start streaming platforms involving NFT music, so I, it's it's getting real interesting in that realm. I want to ask you, how did it feel making an album with Bun B?
4: Well, we made, we just made a record for now. You know, we just made the one song and there are 27 versions of that song also. So we, yeah, we haven't done an album yet. Of the same song. Maybe, maybe, maybe there'll be an album it's, one day, but I can tell you, man. Which is it's like a, it's three high, albums. 27 versions. <laughs> 27 <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But no, I can tell you, man, it's a highlight of my, not even just my music life, but it's just a highlight of my life you know, um, anybody that knows me knows I love hip hop. Um, I'm a student of hip hop, not just a practitioner. And, um, to, to get a, to get the stamp of approval from a legend like bun, you know, who doesn't let any ho shit slide is like, (laughs) it's like a, it's like a feeling. I can't, I wish I could give everybody this feeling, you know, it's, it's, it's totally a valid, a feeling of validation, you know, because I know people that that uh, thought I was crazy a decade ago when I was making music and I know people that thought I was crazy this year. So um, it's incredible. And more than anything, you know, we've just become friends like he's the coolest dude to work with. He's as, as humble as you could imagine. Um, and just very easygoing and like trusting like he really trusts me when it comes to this NFT world to steer him in the right direction, you know, when I told him, like, we want to do an 8-bit version of the song, which is what I think you played at the beginning of this hour, Mm -hmm. when you said, like, when I said I want to make an orchestral version of the song, and then we want to mash them up and make a bunch of remixes. For the cover art, I told him we want to get a DreamWorks animator. We want to show us next to each other looking normal, and then we want to have a version where we're in spacesuits, like astronauts. We want to have a version where we both have green skin and we're aliens, like... He was just like, yeah, man, like, I trust you. You know, you know your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the coolest part. It was just totally creative and not just like a cookie cutter thing, you know? Right.
2: Mm-hmm. So when you was roasting people on the school bus, did you ever think you would get to a point in your life where you have music with Bun B and, you know, you can be whoever you want on the internet and, like, people will see this avatar and know everything that happens behind it? Like,
4: do you ever imagine life would look anything like it does now? Uh, definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, there were, there were times later in life, like when I signed that publishing deal, I really thought we were like on the brink of, of being, you know, mm-hmm. having videos on MTV and, and, and getting our music all out there. Um, but I haven't thought like that in many years, you know, when, you don't you know, when you step away from music for eight or nine years, like I did, um, you just think that's in the rearview mirror. You think it's over, mm-hmm. you know? So, so. Um, and,
5: like yeah. on the aging side of things, do you see any? Uh, you mentioned mid thirties or whatever. Do you see any comfort in having sort of this digital avatar that doesn't age and just be able to keep going? Absolutely,
4: absolutely. Well, that's that's what I was trying to say, and I probably I probably could have said it better, but you know, that's that's the inspiration that Spotty gave me because I don't I don't really want to make party music anymore like I used mm. to make. You know, um, I also had a streak where I used to make way more political music. I'm kind of like. I might still do that at some point, but yeah, it's like spotty gives me an outlet where I can just, I can, I can step outside of myself and just be creative and spotty doesn't age, you know, mm-hmm. spotty, spotty will be rapping 30 years from now, God willing, like who knows, you know, it's, it's limitless. It's, it's not limited by my physical, mm-hmm. um, you know, form.
2: You say, so. you say it provides comfort and that, that, that leads me to ask the question. Do you feel any pressure about yourself growing, right? But the avatar doesn't. Does that create any barriers as far as the growth with the avatar? or do you just feel like even though the avatar doesn't physically look like it's growing, it's still growing as a character? Can you
4: elaborate like how do you I, I did I don't know if I totally understand what you mean
2: like at, you as a person, you're consistently growing, right? Over time, you're growing, you're changing, your your mind is changing about things. Your avatar doesn't grow. So, okay, okay. do you feel like this? Do you feel any pressure to to maybe change course with an avatar that doesn't grow, or do you find that middle ground to grow with this avatar that still doesn't grow physically, but you're still growing as a
4: character? Um, okay. That is a really deep question. I I get what you're saying now. I, I feel I have a couple answers to that. I think spotty, the character does grow. Like, Mm -hmm. um, I, we're actually building, we're, we're working on some content right now where we're going to tell the backstory of spotty Mm -hmm. and how he grew up in the metaverse, right? In the Mm -hmm. digital world and how he came into the real world, into the meatverse. Okay. So, When you hear me, like, like when you hear the bun, if you listen to the album, if you listen to my, my album, I'm spotty, and then you listen to the bun B song, I think they're very different. Like the the bun B song is like spotty is in the real world Mm -hmm. and he's now rapping with bun B. You know, when you listen to I'm spotty, it's like spotty is the crypto punk rapping about his life in the metaverse, Mm -hmm. you know? So we're literally creating a storyline where spotty is now, he's now crossed over into the meatverse, And so I, I feel like I can put more of my, my personality, you know, my real life, everyday observations, whatever into it. So that's one thing. Number two, I also doxed myself in the past few weeks. So like most of this whole year, people didn't know, the man behind the mask. They had no idea what I looked like. I still like using the mask for video stuff like this. Cause it's mm-hmm. fun, but like I'm shooting a music video with bun next week and it's going to be my face, you know, my real face. It's with not going to be a mask though, right? or anything like that. So, so we are do we are in the midst of kind of like bridging the gap. Mm-hmm. And then the other way I would answer the question is if I were for some reason to get tired of rapping a spotty, like, I could pick up another and create another character, Mm -hmm. you know, like spotty has a hype man. Spotty has a hype man who is the world's only bored hype man. His name is gold Rilla, you know, and I have, I have other like characters in his orbit. So I don't really feel limited by it. I'm trying to bridge the gap now and between like my IRL self Mm -hmm. and the character and eventually You know, I wouldn't mind rapping as other characters and and putting out albums under other pseudonyms. also. I
2: was going to ask that question about, you say you were creating this whole Spotty world. Did that include, like, a whole entourage with Spotty? Like, different characters that also rapped along with him? Whether it included you as those characters or friends of yours or other artists?
4: Uh, That's a very relevant question I'm trying to figure out right now. I have... uh, He does have an entourage. Uh, He's got a whole cast of characters um, from different NFT collections around him. And uh, when it comes to the animated content, there will be other voice actors helping with that. But when it comes to the music, I'm still figuring that out. Like, do I just want to rap as different characters or do I want to like bring in other people? I have a song on the album called Elite Ape, which... um, we, for the credits, we we called it Spotty Wi-Fi featuring Gold Rilla, but it's all my vocals. There's mm-hmm. no there's nobody else on it. But um, for the yeah, cover art, we have Kill, Spotty yeah. and we have Gold Rilla yeah. next to each other.
2: Yeah. Um, do you think, or you say you moved to Miami? Was that like just a personal choice because you wanted to be in the fucking sun, or was it like doing this NFT is better from that location? Doing NFTs are better from where you are is it is it a place is it a thing
4: anyone can do from anywhere i do believe it's something anyone can do from anywhere um i think there are advantages to living in a city like miami because there are a lot of other people that are into nfts here Mm -hmm. but that wasn't why i moved here i was living in brooklyn uh with my fiance and then when covid hit i was i was furloughed from my job Well, first I was, first they made me, first they told me to work from home. And I, and I was like losing my mind because we were living in a small one bedroom apartment in Brooklyn, paying way too much, you know, and everything's closed. New York is shut down. It's crazy. And then I got furloughed and I got laid off and we were just looking at my, my fiance and I were just looking at each other. Like, you know, we're paying so much to live in this shoebox. Everything is closed can't even hardly leave the house. Mm -hmm. Like maybe it's time for us to think about moving. We were already thinking eventually we want to go somewhere where we can have a little more space, but we weren't thinking that immediately. And then COVID just kind of changed it. She started applying to jobs in other places. um, And we kind of just decided we were going to go wherever she found a job. And that ended up being down here in Florida. We we lived in the suburbs for all of this year. And now we just moved into Miami.
2: I feel you because okay. if you're like you're gonna be paying way too much for rent, you might as well get a view.
4: Yeah, I mean, we we pay about the same. No, actually, we pay less now. We pay significantly less now. We have a backyard. You know, we have a front yard oh, that's and a gangster. backyard for no shelf in the nah, closet. No, y'all came up. No I shelf mean, in the closet.
2: I think it's worth the shelf. If I got a backyard now, y'all can have the shelf. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So you still you uh, still got a day job or you just spotty all the time?
4: Uh, I was freelancing. Um, I was freelancing on and off throughout this year, but then when, with the album sale in August, I quit my job because when you have, I had about 700 people that bought the album and the average person bought almost three of them. Mm, so yeah, wow. the, my average fan, well, not my average fan, but my average collector in, you know, they spent almost $300 to support me and mm-hmm. see this become a reality, you know? So at that point I said, you know what? I can because of this support, I can now afford to quit my job. And I feel like I have an obligation to because people people aren't spending money on this because they think it's a one and done album. Mm. They're spending money on this because they believe in me. And I can't really be doing this effectively if I'm splitting my time. So Mm. thankfully and and, you know, thanks to the support of those collectors. And now we're up to almost 800 collectors. Um, Thanks to them. Yeah, I'm full time spotty now. A, would you say the success was that? just
5: to jump oh, in bought I bought one, one. <laughs> I was there luck fast, fast
2: gas <laughs> would you say the success came from the fact that you commodified it or the fact that you um laid that groundwork with that community or both would you say it's like
4: an even I would say both, you know, I think a lot of people, look, artists are funny, right? Artists are emotional and I'm an artist. I'm not knocking on artists, but artists hear the, a word like commoditize and they, they think, oh, that's bad. That can't be, that can't be right. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. How can you do that? I mean, you better commoditize something if you're trying to eat. Like, and the, and the fact is, if you're trying to commoditize your MP3s, it's cold outside, like, you may have a really hard time because it's the shit is just not selling. Mm. So I think what I was able to commoditize was intellectual property rights. Like when you buy my NFT, you get more than an MP3. You get more than the right to listen to the music. You get the right to monetize the music, to license it, to put it in your content, put it in your advertisement, put it in whatever you want. Um, so I think I commoditized the copyright to an extent and, um, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that. I'm really proud of that. And, mm-hmm. but I think the more important thing, slightly more is, is the community, you know? Uh, because if I didn't have, if I hadn't spent six months investing in these different communities and like contributing to the culture of each of these different communities, I wouldn't have had as much support when I did, you know, put my album out there.
5: Yeah. I mean, I'll say that buying it, cause I, I was, I had no spotty at all or, you know, a handshake or whatever, but, um, when I bought it, it, wasn't I don't have any interest in using the copyrights. Um, I'm not a musician myself. It wasn't a huge motivation, but it was. I clicked with the music because I was diving deep into this subculture, and every other piece of it that I wanted there, the owning a piece of it, having this little historical thing of I was there day one, being able to get the vinyl album off of it, all of those things stacked up to when I thought about. When I was chasing around Coheed and Cambria back in high school, Mm. like, I still have those t-shirts. I still have the comic book that came with that album. The only way to get that was if you ordered straight from the website when it released. There were only a thousand issues. Mm -hmm. So, like, those limited things that were those pieces of I was there history, I still hold on to them now into my 30s. I was half the age back then. So being there the day it dropped being able to point back to i minted this i paid way too much in gas because there was a bunch of other people trying to get it too like you start to wear those things as a little you know badge of honor it's a you know it's an entry in your diary somewhere right and then when people like spotty blow up you and you were you was on the ground floor Right. right. And if I just want to flip it, I should have bought two, but I didn't. But uh, so I'm just going to hold it to my grave because it's just a, it's a piece of me now. It's a piece of this 2021 NFT summer that a lot of us went through and, you know, I would rather hold that than flip it for like what, 0.2 ETH, you know. Right, was a moment in
4: right. And and to me this brings the conversation full circle of like what is an NFT? It's that certificate of authenticity because guess what? John may have a Coheed and Cambria t-shirt, you know, from that tour in 2003 or whatever it is. Right. But <laughs> you take it to, you take it to sell it and it's like, okay, show me it's real, you, you know, show, know. prove to me that it's real. Well, that may be doable, but it's, it might be more difficult than my NFT that John owns because right. that is, that is the, on the blockchain. And that's the whole point of the technology is like, it's, totally provable to the public that he bought that directly from me mm. on August 18th, 2021. So you you do music, so you're familiar with like eye
2: locks and things like that, right? Eye locks, Yeah. You know how like it's certain softwares that you can't use unless you have an lock, either on the cloud or like a physical thing that you plug into your computer, but you can't use that license okay. unless that iLock is either signed into that computer through the web or l- unless you have the physical, like, drive to put into your computer. Got so it. basically, okay. uh, what you're saying is the NFTs are almost based on that same thing. It's like uh, authenticity behind it to where at any moment you can prove, hey, look, this was purchased at this date. I got it right from the person
5: that made it. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. Or that you it, bought it, exactly. it from the next guy. And that now you own it and But at some point at
2: some point in the family tree it came from the originator. Like this is something from the originator. Yes. No matter how many Uh, hands down I get it. Still original this is
5: the original. Now the way you use that is what's totally open. So He's using it for, you know, eventually a vinyl album release. You go Mm -hmm. to his website, you'll have to prove that you own the NFT in order to get the vinyl or, you know, some mechanic for that to happen. Mm -hmm. And that allows you to do a lot of different things. So merch drops, you can make exclusive merch drops. You know, the only way to get through the door online is by having the NFT in your wallet. And there's no way to fake it. There's no way to hack it. There's no way to step around it and let you, you know, get in the back door anyway. So when we start to apply those things to like, Metaverse concerts, which are becoming very popular. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got 8 million people in attendance on Fortnite and things like that. Right. Being able to get into the Yacht Club in Sandbox, you got to have certain passes that will be let through. When we want to throw our own little party, we can use a piece there and say only the owners of our NFTs can get in. But our NFTs, plus the CryptoPunks, plus the apes, just or anybody who has any NFT or just even has a wallet and is willing to say, like, hey, I'm set up to be part of this Web3 world. They can come and step through the door. So it's the application of it's really wide open when you boil it back down to that provable authenticity. So
2: I've been hearing this word a lot, and I feel like I'm still kind of having trouble wrapping my brain around it. So what exactly is the blockchain? What what is What is that? do what's the purpose of it how do i get a hold of like how do i access it a blockchain is essentially a ledger that would like if you purchase something from me so that's your receipt book it's essentially a receipt book it's a digital receipt
5: book okay in so many words but it's one that we all agree on so we call it the immutable public ledger so you can't turn it off every single transaction that happens on this network is recorded and it's public because we use anonymous addresses that only we can submit changes or anything that happens with that address using our private keys.
2: So many people verify it and then it goes.
5: So between it being immutable, can't turn it off, it being totally public, and it being a ledger that it's a constant transa- you know, list of all the transactions. So it's like a Wikipedia people can't change? <clears throat> yeah, it's like if everyone shared one big bank account and it just... That would horrible. What? I had a good question. <laughs> suppose <ways> you can <laughs> use it. Horrible. I had a good question. You bought the
2: album, right? Yeah. Spotty album. speak to the mic. Um, if you sold that album, would you get a percentage of that?
4: Yep. That's another benefit for the artist. If, so... This is it's up to the artist. The artist can choose to, to collect a royalty. I do choose to collect a royalty. I take ten percent, which I think is a pretty s- accepted and sort of standardized percentage for. I thought an you artist. ain't like middleman.
2: Hold on, hold on. Now. You <laughs> was just saying, not oh, this middleman. He's stuff. the creator now. The you man. want to come back and get to? No, I'm, I'm not playing. the
4: middleman. <laughs> He's the first man. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, but that's right. That's right. So when when you say I, not when you say, but when anyone does the math and they figure out i made 60 ethereum in 60 seconds that's true but what they often overlook is we did 100 ethereum in secondary sales within seven hours of that launch Mm -hmm. and i so i got 10 percent of that also that's another 10 ethereum you know so and and it just keeps going we we have sales you know not every day, but most days that these things are continuing to trade and be bought and sold. Mm-hmm. So that is an ongoing revenue stream for the artist. And that's such a key of why NFTs are going to be everywhere. So, they're going to be mm-hmm. everywhere. You buy if you buy a car, it's going to come with the NFT. If you buy a T-shirt, it's going to come with the NFT, you know, because think about all the brands. Think about they going to want that money off brand. the top. Think of any brand that you can think of, if their product gets resold on the secondary market, like old school basketball cards, it's a huge market for reselling those. And the NBA doesn't get a dime when, when, when they're trading NBA basketball cards, selling them at the mall or at the kiosk or at the pawn shop, the NBA, uh, the NBA doesn't make any money off of that. But with, but with NFTs, they get a cut in perpetuity. Mm
2: So this Ethereum word that everyone's kind of tossing around, is that like the NFT currency?
4: Ethereum is the second largest cryptocurrency, and it's a blockchain where most NFTs live. Uh Um, But it's not the only one. There are other blockchains where you can create and buy and sell NFTs. Um, And each of them has their own cryptocurrency, which you can use to purchase. But Ethereum is the most popular. That's like the most um, widely accepted. That's the industry standard right now. It's, man, it's a very controversial question. I'll say it. Yeah,
5: no, it's industry standard right now. I mean, everything else is, second tier and it's for good reasons and bad but ethereum it's the most expensive to operate on but it also has the ability of kind of weeding out the garbage too because it does have a high cost to transact on so
2: so it's like anybody playing around with ethereum has to be invested enough to know what they're doing it's not like just something somebody can pop up with yeah and have a enough of it to
5: But they can. There's a lot of ways. When you talk about how you would fund a traditional album production and things like that, comparative costs, it's almost always going to be cheaper to do an NFT. I mean, as long as you're not hitting a really bad market day. There's a lot of really caveats to how much it costs to publish and mint an NFT initially. But um, no, you don't have to be some sort of loaded millionaire or have some huge backer behind you to get started. Uh, There's a lot of entry points.
4: There there are very cost-effective websites like OpenSea and Rarible. If you're looking to get started and make your own NFTs, Uh, they're a little bit limited in terms of how you can set up your sale. But I don't think it's a huge – I think that for most people that have a realistic expectation of what it would cost to get started to do a sale, like sites like OpenSea and Rarible, they're going to be pretty cost-effective and probably make it – a you know, a more approachable mm-hmm. amount of money that you would need to spend to get started.
2: All right, so my budget is like $38, right? Where
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll be- How far? I, I don't know what, yeah, I don't know what it actually costs to mint on OpenSea right now, but- $38 but,
2: um, won't get you 38 I can't move with $38. 100% no,
4: let me free. tell you, let, let me be you real. Can. I know for, for a free. fact there are sites where you can mint for free. You can, like, I, I don't know if you can on OpenSea. I don't even know. But I know there's a site called Mintable. Like, it is possible to create an, uh, NFTs for free. He said you don't know, okay. use that
5: more shit. Okay, but did, you don't that's, need the bougie. that's for the broke bougie. boys is what you, you can. basically You can, No, you don't need the bougie shit. There's a lot of ways to do it, and you can do it really cheaply. So if, you know... If viewers <laughs> stuff want to look a little bit deeper into it, Polygon Network is really good for this because you can mint things at zero cost. And then if your fans, artists, or yourself choose to take it over to the Ethereum mainnet, you can just pay a little bit of gas fees to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of have this layer two where you do and get a bunch of stuff done. And when you want to take it to the mainnet, to Ethereum. It's a you just pay the transfer cost instead of trying to do everything on mainnet, which is very can get very expensive. Mm. So also think, yeah, go okay. There
4: there's a guy named there's a friend of mine named Justin Aversano, and he's not a musician, but he's a photographer, uh-huh. and he he minted his NFTs on OpenSea. Okay, um, and I believe it was. Excuse me. I believe it was free at the time. I think it might still be free or it's a it's like a small fee if you have to pay anything. And at that time, a lot of people, a lot of people looked down on that. There were some very loud, outspoken collectors who said like, oh, I would never buy an NFT that was minted on OpenSea because I don't like their I don't like when people do that free smart contract, the free blockchain setup, whatever. That he has, he has pretty much this guy, Justin Aversano, this photographer, he's pretty much dead at that entire conversation because he's been, ever since he started doing these NFTs, he's been sold at Sotheby's, he's been sold at Christie's. You can't, those same NFTs that he minted on OpenSea, they sell for like half a million dollars now. You know, Mm -hmm. he started out selling them for like a thousand bucks or whatever. So. Yeah, I
5: just had to check it on Wagme, and uh he's number 2 floor price of the any NFT collection out right now at 185 ETH or $767,000 floor. Jesus. So See,
4: that so that. I love I love bringing him up as an example because he worked within the constraints of OpenSea. And by the way, I fucking do not like OpenSea. I'm not here to like <laughs> I do not like, I'm not here to advertise for OpenSea. <laughs> I'm just letting you know it exists. I, they, they know who I am and they act like they don't. But I'm just letting it be known that anybody that wants to get started in this, you don't need to feel like, oh, I can't afford a crypto punk or I don't have this or that much money, so I can't do it. You can do it. And I think Justin Aversano is a guy to study because you're limited in how you can set up your sale on OpenSea, mm. but he did it in a really smart way. He had a collection of a hundred photos. He 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 minted one of each, so it's a small type collection, a hundred photos total. And then he sold them at a pretty reasonable price point. It was like half of an Ethereum, and when he started, Ethereum was probably like two thousand bucks, maybe a little more. Mm. And um, and he understood he understood that the That's real awesome. money. Is in the secondary sales. Right. It's not in. It's not <laughs> in doing. It's not in doing a big cash grab and trying to cash out by pricing your shit really high. Right. The key is actually give your first collectors give them a good price so that they feel good and there's good energy surrounding your project, and then let the secondary sales do their thing. And he's doing very well for himself right now.
2: And then he built that value, so when the next one dropped, he can yes. name his price. Why, why don't you?
3: Exactly. Can you can you share why you don't like OpenSea? Is it because they
4: don't act like they don't know who he is? I can, I can't share why I don't like OpenSea. I will share it. Um, number one, they used to have a rule that if you get a hundred ETH, hundred Ethereum in, in your secondary sales, that that's the main qualification to get a blue check mark, so that your your NFT collection is verified. Do I care about being verified for my fucking vanity? No, I do not. But people get scammed. There are fake "I'm Spotty" collections on OpenSea. Okay, mm. so number one, mm. if you want to mint, if you want to mint something from me, or if you want to buy something from me, start by going to my website, SpottyWiFi.com. That's number one. <coughs> number two, number two, they changed the rule. I got a hundred Ethan secondary sales seven hours after I dropped and they wouldn't verify me. And they made up a bunch of bullshit reasons why they wouldn't verify me. That's why I don't like OpenSea. And here's the real reason they won't verify me. They don't really care if somebody gets scammed. If somebody goes to a fake spotty collection on OpenSea and buys something, guess who still gets paid? OpenSea. So they're not incentivized to actually protect the consumer. And they're not incentivized to make sure that people know what they're buying. Uh, and they're they're really just way out over their skis and, and need new leadership. That's why I don't like Open city.
2: I thought you was gonna say something crazy. Like the real reason he don't like me is cause I banged his girl. <laughs> 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 That'd be a hell of a reason. Like all at a virtual yacht party and went crazy. <laughs> virtual <yacht> party. <laughs> Speaking of that, so with all of these different forms of art making their ways in the NFTs, this is gonna be a wild question, by the way. So hold on to your chair or whatever you're sitting in. Um with everything happening and all these different forms of art like making their way in the NFTs, how far down the line do you think we are until we get NFT porn?
4: It's already happening. Yeah, it's already it's already happening. Oh, good
2: Gi- question. Gi- wait, so wait, wait, wait. So are, is it people with it avatars in? fucking? Like,
4: <laughs> oh, God. No. No. We're
2: gonna go how oh, much download. NFT porn oh. do you own? <laughs>
4: what kind of do you own? I own <laughs> I, I I knowingly I can tell you this. I don't know of any that I own, but people do send me stuff all the time. <laughs> really? Is it no valuable jump. on the market?
2: Is it is it jumping?
4: What's uh, no, I don't know. I just know that like Are there, there are any definitely... crypto
2: punk porn stars?
4: There are definitely like cam girls and OnlyFans people who are like minting their, their videos and stuff. I mean, I don't know much about it, but yeah, no doubt that's happening.
5: Yeah, no, Like,
2: they had the, the avatars with. in the I'm video. I'm trying to own the most firest porno from the 90s. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I need to make something for that one, though. I ain't gonna lie. If it's like a real fire, like real, Bruh, rare, crazy. For I might do something. Bubble <laughs> Buds, <button 97 laughs> <to something. laughs> She vintage. <laughs> my right. I might have to beat her for that drop. Let me, <laughs> let
5: me get my wallet ready. Man. But all right, so like, I might have subject, to mentor
2: though, for the one time. She's so vintage.
5: you've got this idea of sort of OnlyFans on blockchain or through NFTs or something like that. And it brings up the question of censorship. You know, a couple months ago, OnlyFans, you know, declared or decided they were just going to shut down all that content. And all these people who had built an entire career and following it off of it were shit out of luck. So that's something that the blockchain kind of allows you to step around because uh, when you mint it, you can still own it yourself as long as you keep it in your wallet.
2: Instead of saying, don't resell my content, they can say, resell my titty pics because I'm going to make money off it every time.
5: Precisely. Mm. So there's an organization called TreatDAO that's exactly that. They're kind of the only fans of the decentralized world Mm. and they're... Taking you know content, putting it through the blockchain, minting it, and allowing those creators to retain royalties and ownership of that. And that would eliminate the need for people to like resell it or re or, or just offer it out for free. Well, back You're to, the, to where it. we start. A lot of this is about middlemen. So in the adult industry, there's a lot of skis bags. You think the music industry bad? <laughs> Don't even step into that. And, and you, you can sell your music.
2: music. You can sell your music to the record label. They have to purchase purchase it as an NFT, and then you get a percentage off of it.
5: Well, that's back to the master's conversation, yeah. Mm. Okay, so let me
2: ask this question because it's been picking on my brain for a second. I don't know if it's any different or if it's the same. But how do music NFTs navigate sampling, distribution, percentages, et cetera?
4: Okay. Great question. Um, In terms of percentages, it's just like it always is. You know, when I write a song with my producer, Stefan, we have a split sheet. You know, we, we split everything 50, 50. When we, when we write a song with a collaborator like Bun B, same thing. We have to outline how much writing credit does everybody get? You know, you have to write it down. You have to have a signed contract, that sort of thing. So that's, that's all the same. Um, And then One thing I want to I want to say that I forgot to say is I've talked a lot about how I give a copyright license. Right. If you own one of my NFTs, you can put it in your content, your advertisement, whatever. You can even license it to a third party to do that. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: What I what I forgot to mention is I still own all my publishing. Okay, if you if you make an advertisement using my song because you own the NFT, and that commercial goes on the radio or it goes on YouTube or it goes on broadcast television, I get a performance <coughs> royalty because it's playing on the radio or on YouTube or on broadcast television. So that's what's inter- That's what I think is interesting about the, the business model that I created is my collectors, they have a way to monetize my music. And if they monetize my music, it's very possible and very likely that I will still get my performance royalties. And that performance royalty, it's not paid by the collector. Right. It's paid by the radio station or YouTube or the broadcast network, right. just like it is normally. Okay? So it's so taken that's...
2: out before they even have to see they cut. What's that? So it's taken out before they even have to see they cut.
4: Um, you mean the collector? Yeah. like It's not taken well, from them directly. Yes, yeah, not take it from them
2: directly. It would be like the distributor would send out your money to you and then their money to them. So they wouldn't have to see that they lost they lost any money there.
4: Yeah, it's it's just not even... Their money would be on the upfront. Mm-hmm. Like uh, NBC, NBC could come to John and say, hey, we got a new show. You know, we, we got a new TV show. We think this spotty Wi-Fi song would be the best theme song or whatever. You know, we want to use it in episode eight. And if they say, John, we'll pay you... 10 we'll pay you 5 grand or we'll pay you 50 grand whatever john has every right as long as he owns the nft to that song to accept that deal and he doesn't owe me anything mm. i won't see a dime of that money that's called a sync deal mm. right mm. but then from there once it hits the airwaves once they that's use where it, my, that's, that's when i played, get the royalties right. Right.
2: right in which they, they um, it would make sense for them to make a lot more money off of it there if they spent that much money on the you know sync deal
4: Yeah. I mean, and, and the truth is to me, it's like, I'm giving, and a lot of artists will look at that and say like, well, you're giving up a lot of opportunity because John could make that money when you could have made that money. But to me, it's like, I don't care about that money. Like if, if, if NBC comes to me and says, we want to put your song in a show, as long as I like the show, go for it. I don't even care about the money. It's really about the exposure. I have no leverage. I'm a small artist. Like, take my song please you know if taco bell wants to put my song on their new commercial you know for the gordita crunch or whatever it is like as long as i like the product like go for it you know Um, so to me it's like i'm giving up actually very little because i don't have a lot of leverage to negotiate with brands or tv shows anyways but in exchange for giving up that little bit of opportunity I'm motivating my collectors like John to be talking about my music right. like we are today. And you, know? some, and, some, and you might fuck around and somebody buy it. They, right.
3: So I already connected with them. Does the does right. the contract change
2: as you as you become a bigger artist as you grow? Or is this um, a is this a is this a uh a negotiation you comfortable with providing them those those rights?
4: I think I'm going to I mean I'm I'm stuck with it now because it is the contract that people bought it under right I'm right? talking
2: about al- so new albums as you for, for get new, bigger for new albums
4: um, that's a really great question man for new albums that is a really great question but I personally think that me personally when i hear people Talk about my album. When I hear collectors tell me what they like about my album, Mm -hmm. the two top things I hear are people are excited about the copyright license Mm -hmm. and people are excited about the vinyl. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, the copyright license, I don't know if people are really using it. I have a lot of people in my Discord that have gotten the stems and they're making remixes Mm -hmm. and they're putting the remixes on YouTube. They're putting the remixes on Spotify. Um, And again, I get royalties from that. Mm -hmm. Um, I have people that are using it on their podcasts. They're they're more like more like indie content, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I don't know if it'll ever get to a point where somebody actually does do a deal with a brand or whatever. It might, but as I get bigger and bigger, I if if I'm lucky and, and continue to grow my audience, I have a feeling that that's going to continue to be a reason that people talk about me. Right. You know, like people people think. People think it's really interesting, even if they're not going to be using the copyright license, they like to know that they're, they're supporting something that's innovative, something that's experimental and testing a new business model that could help artists. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of rambling, but I, I want to keep doing it. You know, Mm. I hope, I hope that I get to a point where like my name carries enough weight where that becomes a hard decision, but I think I got a long way to go before that really becomes something I would consider changing up. And with, with the Bun B song, we did the exact same thing except the copyright license is for the instrumental and my vocals only. Okay. Because I'm not a, I'm not in a position to offer another right. artist right.
5: vocals. You know? Okay. That's super cool. Uh, so lo- let me jump real quick. Same question about the avatar doesn't age. Do you feel any sort of way about the fact that if you just wanted to shut it down one day you could just sign off and spotty's never seen again
4: uh i don't think that's i mean i i don't think that's that i could do that exactly you know i'm totally doxxed i'm ah, out yeah, here yeah, okay. um spotty wi-fi llc is a is a is a transparently filed company with my name attached to it mm-hmm. um there's the, you know if you google me the the first article you'll see my name is in the first sent. My my government name is in the first sentence. If I packed up, you know, if I if I had a big album and I sold it for a million dollars tomorrow, and I pack up and I move to Thailand, like I don't think it would be a very safe or smart yeah, decision for definitely. me because, like, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm very I'm very findable
5: and run up onable, you know. So run up onable. All right. <laughs> so let me change that then. Is that necessary for an artist in the NFT space? It's
4: not necessary. I highly, highly encourage it though. You know, with my drops, I try to think like the most cynical, most skeptical collector. I try to carve out all the excuses that they could make not to buy my shit before mm. I drop. You know, that's why I pay a premium to be on Ethereum. And that's why I, that's, why i set up an llc and it's it's why as part of setting up an llc you know my name is on the paperwork and and it's public that way okay so you said that well well, i was just gonna say people want to know who they're buying from you know they want to know if the shit really hits the fan that there's a real human on the other end
2: right right so you said that um there were people that had, like, the stems to the music and, like, they were making, like, remixes and stuff like that. Have you heard any of the remixes and just thought, like, yeah, this this isn't the best thing? Like, did anybody take I'm Spotty and turn it into a song about herpes or something?
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not yet. Not yet. Um easy. But there, there, there could be a lane. There could be a lane for somebody. Um, <laughs> no. Um, there have been a couple remixes. That, first of all, there have been some great remixes. There's, like, we just started getting a flood of remixes actually this week, uh, which is funny. But there's been some remixes where there are some really legit bars, like other rappers taking a verse. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a remix by, by a person. I don't know, a guy, a girl, whatever. Somebody named H Wonder. They're a producer. They didn't add any vocals as far as I could tell, but they totally changed the music and the vibe of the song. I'm spotty. And it's super dope. Like, I love it. Um, You can search that on Twitter, but um, no, nobody's really done anything that I was like, Oh, I, I, don't like this or I hate this. I think it was somebody mashed it up with a, with a, uh, they figured out that I'm spotty was the same tempo as some Britney Spears song. I think it was toxic. And, they it up. and that was like, that was really funny, but it's just fun, you know? And, and this is all in my discord, by the way, if you go to my Twitter at spotty Fi, there's a link to my discord. And if you go on my discord, there's a channel called spotty remixes, and you can listen to all these. Um, and that's also where people go to request the stems and things like that, but it's just fun, man. And it's encouraging for the community, you know, people, people love that. And and it, it's, again, it's like another way that I'm able to give them value beyond the MP3 because you, you can't do that very easily with an MP3, right? That's why you have the stems because the MP3 is not the stems or by me giving the stems to anybody that wants them as long as they own the NFT. It's like a whole nother level of interactivity with my fans, which is amazing.
2: So when, um, with the the financial security that came with, you know, the, the NFT sales doing what they did for you, and, you know, you being in a position where I don't feel like you hurting for uh, money right now, do you feel like you were ever create music like as yourself and not a nft in the future like kind of just for fun and kind of just take another stab at it as a regular artist or are you going to stay behind the nft thing and grind it out and see how that goes for you
4: uh that's an interesting question i see it as more so i'm going to like bridge the two because right now my life is so consumed by crypto and nfts anyways like my life has changed so much thanks to crypto even before this album like i've been very blessed that i was started to accumulate crypto in 2017 at the time i i it was it was bad timing because i bought in and then immediately afterwards it crashed Mm. but i held i didn't sell and i kept buying more and in the past two years, you know, it's it's appreciated, and I'm I'm doing better. Than that like my crypto is actually worth something now. I've been very fortunate. I bought some NFTs that are that have appreciated this year, um, even before I dropped my album. So to me, it's like I'm on a mission to evangelize and educate about NFTs and about crypto through my music. So right. even if I put out an album where it was like this album is not Spotty Wi-Fi. It's my government name on the bottom. The content would still be 90% overlap. Like if I was going to do a song with Bun B and not call it a Spotty Wi-Fi song, just call it my regular name. Mm -hmm. It would have been the same song, you know?
2: Right. I feel it. Okay. Um, I only got a couple more questions, so I want to keep you here all night.
4: All good, man. I'm, I'm having fun
2: are there any other big artists that contacted you or has it just been like by me so far?
4: No, I mean, I've talked to a few other artists that, you know, are, are interested. Um, I don't know if it was them contacting me. Or like they, like, uh, no, it's, it's usually like, there's somebody that knows us both, you know, I right. like, I've, somebody put me in touch with, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to name names, but yeah, there's a couple right. other people that I've talked to and like, there's been talk about other collabs. This whole new album is going to be a collab album. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole goal of this album, it's going to be a year long project. Bun B is the first single, the song mm-hmm. all time high. And the whole goal, the mission is to bridge the gap between this NFT world that I'm in mm-hmm. and the mainstream using music, you know? So you're going to see more mainstream collabs for sure. Um, and yeah, there's been some other artists. Artists are really, stu- a lot of artists are studying this. You know, they mm-hmm. money talks and they see that there's opportunity. And a lot of these artists, especially if they've been in the game for a while, like they know that artists are getting ripped off, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so, you know, but like, you know, artists like Trey Songs. you know, he's done an NFT drop, you know, he's part of the Gutter Cat Gang, which is a, an NFT community, community that I'm part of. Ja Rule is part of the the gutter cat gang. Um, you know, you mentioned um, Tory Lanez did that NFT drop. Like, there's a lot of artists that are studying this. They have their ear to the ground, and and some are coming in and actually putting products out there faster than others. I personally think like some of the some of the best. Things you could do is just be patient and learn and kind of get in where you fit in, kind of like I've been describing, like take the time to like build relationships. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's going to, I think it's a great time for this project that I'm starting now with fun, you know, to, to launch a collab album because in the next year, I think it's going to be an avalanche of mainstream artists trying to like figure out the best way to use this technology.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, so before the mainstream artists come through And just take everything away I need you to tap in with a guy That he's a very, very talented kid Just, just blowing up exponentially You know, it's a guy by the name of Figure The Kid I don't know if you heard about him But he just dropped a project <laughs> called The Pop-Up Shop If y'all put something together You know what I'm saying And y'all get that minted Put that in the blockchain Let people, you know what I'm saying Copy it, chain. resell it they got I'm just like, saying, you know, I what I'm saying right tap off. in with my man's over here. Cause you know speaking speaking of that, um that's my leads me to my my last question. How can artists make music with you or make music with Spotty? What do you like Yo, I'm sure your price then went up since you can got you didn't got the success. What do you charge for a feature and how could they contact you to make that happen?
4: So contacting me is always easy through spottywifi at gmail.com um, or jump in my discord. Like I said, the link is in Twitter, uh, in my, in my Twitter bio, like sometimes, sometimes messages get lost in Twitter, but on discord, like I'm there all the time, but, um, I don't have like a set price of like, a, I don't do like features for this amount or whatever. Like, um, I would say that one of the best ways to get my attention, there was a time I was saying this and I kind of, I kind of let it, i kind of let it pass and haven't been bringing it up but something i really want to do is i want to do a remix competition where it's like hey if you want to collab with spotty own one of my nfts buy any of my nfts Mm -hmm. remix it and then we're gonna let maybe we let the the other collectors decide like which is your favorite remix you know And, and like who should i collab with but um ultimately just reach out, send me some music. You know, that's, that's going to be the best way because I definitely want to support up and coming artists. And I definitely want this collab album, this collab album, the singles that you're going to hear, the NFT drops that you're going to hear from this album, they're mostly going to be with mainstream artists, but I do see a big opportunity where I can, I can do other songs with indie artists or up and comers where I can extend the opportunity. So other up and coming artists can say they were on an album with bun B or mm-hmm. they were on an album with other mainstream artists, right. you know? So, oh, yeah. and just so you know, the album is going to be five total NFT drops. Bun is the first one. There'll be mm-hmm. four more drops next year, one per quarter. If you collect an NFT from all five, you get the album as a vinyl record, but there will be more than five songs on the album, of course. Right. So, so it's all about collabs this year, so I'm definitely looking to work with some up and coming artists.
2: I know a couple of artists you need to work with, man. Is this dude named Jeff Sky
4: and this dude named G.S.
2: <laughs> <That's> the tree.
4: <laughs> <plug> <laughs> I love it, man. I'm I'm trying to hear some new music from from all those guys. Definitely send me some music. I i i have I have been hearing a lot of good things about Figure the Kids, so I'm excited to, to check yeah. out. See? Yeah, see, see, <laughs> see, is that plug you
2: did? I'm telling you, man. His, his audience is growing exponentially over the last, you know, couple months. He's definitely on the way up. He on the uptick for sure. I just wanted to offer you the opportunity to tap in <laughs> before his price go crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate it. Since I appreciate we, it. Because you know what I'm saying? We go back to like two hours ago. You know what I'm saying? You my man. Right. So I wanted to make sure I offered you that opportunity before everybody started grabbing his attention like that. You know what I'm saying?
4: Well like it it was, it was a, it's been a formative two hours for sure. <laughs> yeah, we you really know. have been under two hours. You know yeah. Y'all got anything else y'all wanna ask? hmm oh, Anything really. about you, John?
2: No, I'm Shepard, you've been quiet for two hours. We, we, yeah, uh, about the um so <laughs> do you feel like being anonymous and kind of being behind the avatar It's not anonymous gives you we went over this. Well, I'm just saying, with that being, like, the, the the face people know you by, do you feel like that offers you some anonymity in your your private life? Like, I know you said that you have a fiancé and stuff like that. Do you feel like that keeps you all kind of protected in the privacy realm a little bit?
4: Um, I can't really say that it does because, number one, like, it's not like I'm famous. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the NFT world is so small and so niche that, like, even if... <laughs> Even if the front page, even if the cover photo of like my Twitter was my real face, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think people would be like coming up to me at at the store. You know what I mean? But not yet. Um, not yet. Not yet. You know. Um,
2: the other but, thing but I they would will say if you is, do that song with we'll but I'm listening. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. The the other thing I would say is like when I doxed myself and I went to New York. I went to New York for this convention, this conference, and mm-hmm. at TNYC. And I actually dyed my hair like cheetah print. Like I bleached it and then I did like black spots uh, to represent Spotty and the cheetah gang. Mm-hmm. So so if you did see me out on the street right now, I would be very identifiable. Like there's not that many people with cheetah print hair. So It's like you um, and Jaden Smith. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so in the future, in the future, I do think that's possible. You know, if I get to a point where like, you know, I've got a million followers or something, then yeah, then it'll probably be a nice luxury to have 90% of people know me by this avatar, you know, mm-hmm. but for right now, it's just kind of like, it's just fun. I like wearing the mask. I like having a little bit of mystery. And then I can be very selective about mostly IRL, you know, in real life experiences or shows where I'm just out here as me. Right.
5: I got a question. You do anything for Art Basel, Miami coming up?
4: I am doing some things for Art Basel, Miami. Um, as I mentioned, I'm part of a, a community called the Gutter Cat Gang. They're doing like a three-day event at a huge venue in, in Wynwood, Miami, right across the street from the Museum of Graffiti. And I'm going to be performing there hey. on – I'm going to be performing Thursday, December 2nd, next Thursday – I am bringing Bun with me. Bun's going to be performing as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Turn um, have, have you met him in person yet? I have not met him in person yet. So hey. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yes, sir. So anybody that's in town, you know, um, figure out, you know, I don't even know how tickets work for the Gutter Cat Gang thing. But, you know, hop in my Discord. I may, I may be able to uh, pull some strings, especially if you own one of my NFTs. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And I'm trying to line up some other uh, performances you know, later that, that week. And then we're shooting a music video um, later that week. So, yeah, we're going to be active. We're going to be very, very much out here. And uh, I, I look forward to hopefully meeting a lot of people.
5: Okay. Flights are cheap. Flights are cheap. Flights
4: are cheap. Flights are not the problem. Hotels, on the other hand, are not cheap. We but, can you know, stay with Spotty. We- <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny what's funny is there was a there was a time earlier this year when ethereum all all the prices of crypto were like crashing and i tweeted as a joke i wrote you know um don't worry if eth go, if ethereum goes to zero all of my token holders can crash at my place for <laughs> so we'll we'll figure something out we'll take we'll, we'll take turns uh renting out the guest room but um <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, flights I mean, flights you are, the shelf are, are pretty stay in the important. closet
2: for the day. There you go. <laughs> Fix the shelf. Make some
4: space. Uh, you got anything you want to plug, Spotty, before we go? Um, I think you know the main thing right now is spottywi that all-time high collection featuring bun B. It's live right now. You can mint it, How 0. Much is 05, it? 0.05 Ethereum. Okay. And uh, you might get a really rare version of a song featuring Bun B. You might get a one of one. The artwork is by a DreamWorks animator and um, it comes with the copyright license. And again, it's the first of five drops over the next year. Collect one of each and you'll get this historic album as a vinyl record. Otherwise, find me on Twitter. Find me on Discord. And um, that's that's it. Uh,
2: how much is 0.05 Ethereum? It's about $200, give or take. $200, everybody. Go grab you a piece of a, history. A piece of history. Period. Go to spottywifi.com and grab your, um, what is it, a minted copy? I don't know what is the word. Yes, sir. yes a, a minted NFT. Yep. A minted NFT. All-time high. Spotty Wi-Fi featuring
5: Bun B. I'm here for questions if you got any. Don't worry.
3: <laughs> oh, you got it. You got,
5: you got we we might actually mint one here. I'm not going to tie up everyone's time, but... Oh, yeah. We're going to figure that out after this. After I like time. it. I we like figure it. it. out. Uh, we, we Bro,
2: we appreciate you for, for coming in here and answering all these questions and introducing our whole community to NFTs, man. Taking that time out to do that. You didn't have to do that, man.
4: It means the world to us. For sure. My pleasure, man. I, I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm glad to you know share the stage with you guys, and, and I appreciate the thoughtful questions. You know, this is the power of music, in my opinion, is... Is like to help spread the word and educate. And so I'm happy to anytime. Thanks, man. We appreciate you, man. We will be in
2: contact with you. We often try to make some NFTs out here. <laughs> so we trying to get with Spotty. Make some Hey, NFTs. join the join the
4: Discord, man, especially if you're thinking music NFTs. We have a lot of music fans. Everybody helps everybody. Uh everybody shares their music. We provide feedback to each other, not just on the music, but on our ideas for NFTs. So uh, if, yeah. this, if this kind of conversation interests you, my Discord is is a place where you'll feel right at home.
2: Yeah, I hear that. Everybody who tapped in, get on his Twitter, find his Discord, get into the NFT game, man. We, we giving you all the keys. We can't make you use them. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right, man. Appreciate you for your time.
4: All right, guys. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon.
2: Definitely. Peace. All right, guys, I feel like that was a very informative episode. It was a little, you know, information new for sure. I feel like we missed some laughs in here. I'm I'm just saying We normally be kicking it You know what I'm saying saying? I feel like today We were kind of learning The atmosphere was just Uh, A little different Not to say it was bad But it was
3: different Crazy questions You was wilding out here bro
2: (laughs) Hold on I was reserved He was
3: tripping
2: Spotty, he was wilding today Wasn't he (laughs) No I was I mean I appreciated
4: it It was good He gave me a warning To grab my chair at least Exactly We not lying Okay you cut it Okay good I'm glad you cut
2: it I told my man Spotty To hold on to his chair I was trying to make